Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Jessica from Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. Let's tap in. God doesn't just want to take from us. If God ever commands us to give or let go of something, it's only to make space for something better he has. And I think there's many people who are hesitant to follow God because they believe he's a God that takes. And even some of us who do choose to follow somewhere deep down, we believe the same exact sentiment. I've even found myself in situations where I've asked myself like, dang, like, what do I have to give up now? Right. Reluctant to do so. But we have to realize that God isn't in the business of taking away. And since he's the ultimate provision, it is only in his nature to give. And we won't experience the fullness of life he has to offer until we live it looking through this lens. And although I do think money does play into this conversation, like we've heard about, there's a lot of people who are reluctant to tithe and a lot of people who don't like the aspect of, you know, the church. But I I honestly think this is deeper than money. Um, Some of us believe God loves taking our relationships our time, our so-called fun, the things that bring us pleasure. Like I mentioned just a second ago, I've even found myself walking into new seasons asking, dang, like, what do I have to give up now? Not even in a monetary way, but just in terms of time and energy, et cetera, et cetera. But what I always have to ask myself in these seasons and in these moments is like, why would God want to take from us, right? God is God. He's the ultimate provision. He would find no benefit and really receiving, he has everything really. He doesn't, he doesn't need the things that he's asking us to give him. So like I mentioned, if he's asking us to give up something or to make space, it is for our benefit. And we have to look at everything through this perspective. God only has our best interests at heart with everything that he's telling us to do, with everything that's telling us not to do. Um, so like I said, if he ever commands us to get, get give something or give up something, it is only for us to make space for something better that he has. And I was listening to a sermon that kind of shaped the idea of, of this of this topic. And what he was talking about was really good. He was talking about how in the word and God in his own life and in the Bible, he's seen that God works within this idea and in this principle of seed time and harvest. And it talks about this in Genesis when um, he sends a flood on the earth and then, you know, the flood recedes. Noah sacrifices to God. It says it was a pleasing aroma to him. And he makes a bunch of promises right after. And that's where we get the rainbow and all that. And one of the promises that God made is he said, seed time and harvest will never cease on the earth, right? Anymore. And it also talks about this in Galatians 6, where it talks about a man reaps what he sows. And also the pastor, he goes on to give this example that I thought was really good with the topic. He said, Saying God takes from us is like a farmer saying the ground took my seeds from me, right? Like that's that's counterintuitive. Although it did require something, it required a seed to put in the ground from the farmer, which is important. The soil or the ground isn't seen as something that it takes. It's seen as something that gives, right? That's the way that everyone commonly, commonly sees it. Um, But even at that, it's not a guaranteed return. And that's the difference between God and this example, which he made the parallel of, because you have things like famines in the earth that happened because the farmer gave the seed and then it just like it it wasn't put in good faith, right? Or good soil. It kind of just was just sitting there and nothing, nothing happened. But God promises harvest, right? He promises a return even multiplied, which talks, it talks about in Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It will be poured onto your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
And also another personal favorite verse of mine, Matthew 16, 25, it says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, right? The idea of that return, the harvest, the seed time and the harvest, right? And with that, with that point in those verses, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying, because I think a lot of people can twist that and misconstrue it and they can hear that I'm saying, oh, like you're saying, like, if I give, God's going to give me everything I've ever wanted. He's going to give me that million dollars and that car and that 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 mansion that's not necessarily how it works i'm just pointing out and really exposing the lie that god just takes from us no that's not how it works it, it is seed time right seed time yes and harvest and it's a balance of both and that's the point that i'm really trying to get out here and when we think about giving one of the most vital parts is understanding our heart posture and where that lies when we're giving up these sacrifices to God and when he's asking of these things from us. Because when you give with the expectation of anything in return, that's not a gift nor giving. It's an investment. And we have to acknowledge like what God can and will do with the offering and sacrifices that we give up, but have pure motive and why it's something that we're giving to him in the first place. And it's just having that mindset of none of me is mine to keep. And that it's all yours and coming to a place of understanding what it means to have a servant's heart, right? Like no matter what God may be asking and or wanting from us in our lives in particular moments or seasons or different periods, it's it's yours. It is like my pleasure right, right. to be at your feet, at your service and at the request of whatever it is that you want. And that changes this aspect or this maybe lie that we may hear in our heads and that may circulate our thoughts of, well, like it just seems as if God just continues to just burden me and strip me of all these things that provide this comfort right. and the seemingly blessings that he may have given, may have given me, but always coming to realize that anything he asked for us isn't for his benefit, but always for our good. And, this is and this idea just stems from that the pl- a place of and this idea stems from the place of really looking at what it means to be a cheerful giver. Right. And this is something that came to my mind whenever this was brought up and we were thinking about like this conversation and dialogue and topic because it's something that I've heard a lot like growing up, particularly like in the church, more specifically, you know, when you're in service, tithe and offering comes and you're like, oh, it's <laughs> good to be a cheerful giver. Right, right, right. Speak about it all the time. So it's like really looking at, okay, what does this mean? Why is it important? What like what part does it play in our walk and our faith? And it comes from the verse in Second uh, Corinthians 9, 7. And it says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I was looking more into this verse and really uh, the idea of compulsion and understanding what that means and actually the definition of it. And I found that it says the action or state of forcing or being forced to do something. And it has a synonym meaning like constraining or being like constrained. Also, it says an irresistible urge to behave in a certain way, especially against one's conscious wishes um and you know that's sometimes how we can like treat god right like is it mm-hmm. is like sacrifice 
it's what we give genuinely like sacrifice if it feels forced right right like if it doesn't come from the genuine heart of humility and understanding that god knows best better than what we may think in a particular moment and i guess we really see this all throughout the bible especially like within the new testament and the biggest thing that we find is like the kingdom of god is not one of like cohortion right right like he isn't we he isn't oppressive in his government in the place that we have as citizens of the kingdom like god is the one person powerful enough to force us like against our will to do anything yet he doesn't right because that wouldn't be love and god doesn't want slaves um that's what the devil wants is slaves that are like in bondage that feel constrained Mm -hmm. and as if they're at the will or mercy of something else but god wants children he wants children he wants people who are partnering with him um and are part of like the family and so understanding that aspect is one of the biggest things of like yo like you know none of me is mine to keep i'm at your like i'm at your service at your feet it's from joy and willingness that i want to give Right. right you know when you like love someone like so much you know you're in a particular like relationship and you've built a bond real intimacy on a platonic or even romantic level if they ask you to do something for them on their behalf it, it seems as if like it's it's a task of of love right like, it's, it's a burden of love a task of love like yeah it may require something it may seem kind of like burdensome but nonetheless like yo this is what i want to do for you exactly right? it's a it's a genuine desire like of joy knowing that i have the ability to do this for another person yeah and i'm glad you went in that direction about the heart posture because as you were talking i was thinking about how just this this idea that sometimes we can project things that we've experienced with with other people on God um and some of us are skeptical about stuff like honestly giving up anything because maybe we had a situation in the past where we just felt like someone just completely just drained us and it's like it was give 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 and it just felt draining right it felt like we were pouring and nothing was getting poured into us right and sometimes i mean some people can project that on God um which that's what I think this conversation really is, is like attacking that lie that God has bad intentions or has anything but our best interests at heart. And something that I wrote down, which goes well, what you were saying is that if you don't believe God is holy, every sacrifice will feel like robbery, right? And sacrifice in quotations, right? So I think that's really what it comes down to. We have to recognize that God is holy, right? So it's like when we're giving to him, there is no bad intent. There's no, oh, I'm just trying to steal from you. I'm just trying to take from you. It's like, no, like I mentioned earlier, everything that God does is for our best interest, even if it doesn't seem like it, seem like it at first or on the front end of something. And also on top of that, when I was thinking about, well, really after I listened to this sermon and I was sitting with it and I was thinking about this idea of seed time and harvest and what that really meant, I was thinking about how expectation plays a part in it as well and why I think the conversation is also very vital and important. Because I remember, I don't remember the, the the sermon verbatim, but I remember just when I was a newer believer, there was just a sermon that was preached about expectation and how it's important to have faith and, and expectation. Like when you're going to the service, like expecting God to move, right? And expecting God um, to, to, you know, change lives and save souls, like how that was very important. And I was kind of translating that to this conversation and how... If you don't change your perspective and you just think God's a taker, then you will never expect him to give. And back to my my farmer example about planting the seed. So say a farmer plants a seed and they just they just plant it, but they're not expecting any harvest from it. 
then say the harvest comes, it'll sit there and it'll rot, right? Because the farmer just went back in his house. Oh, like I planted the seed, like that's it, right? And didn't didn't expect anything from it. He would go back in his house and then it would come and it would rot because he wasn't going to gather his harvest after the seed time. And I think this this is this applies to some of our lives since we don't see God as someone who gives and we don't really see God as ultimate provision when he is trying to give us harvest we're not intentional about going to collect it because we're not expecting it at all right because some of us like i said we just believe god wants to take 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 but once you change your perspective to god wants to give that's when you can experience the things that god wants to give you on on that on top of that right on top of the seed time on top of you giving there's things that he wants to give you and i do think that looks different right in terms of in terms of what is harvest because like i said in terms of tithing yes money is involved but even deeper than that when when say you're giving your time to god you're spending more time in your word you're spending more time praying all of these things are seeds right these are things that you're sacrificing and giving up because time is a sacrifice so harvest in that sense could be peace harvest in that sense could be a deeper relationship with god harvest harvest in that sense could be a deeper discernment to discern the things that god is doing and and, and to hear his voice right so harvest looks different right and i think that's important to point out but the point i'm trying to make is you have to be expectant of it right and that's something that god's also been showing me as i've been fasting more like expecting from the fast like god i'm fasting to expect to hear from you better I'm fasting God to expect the harvest of a deeper relationship with you. So I think that's an important part of this conversation because if you don't expect, then the harvest will just rot and it'll just sit there. And then just further, probably getting in our minds that like God wants to give, but we have to be in the right position for him to do so. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about these requests that he is petitioning us with, it's because like there's a particular like spot or place in our lives on a mental, spiritual, emotional level that we need to get to for him to provide and fully pour out what it is that he is desiring for us to have in our hands, you know, and talks about this in Luke twelve thirty two. It says, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your do not be afraid, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you mm-hmm. the kingdom, right? And we see this sentiment just knowing that, you know, we don't serve a guy who has like a close hand. And all it is is him like waiting and pruning and putting us like in the right place for us to fully like accept, you know, whatever it is that is like going to come or we need to have right now. So, always keeping that in mind all of this is about positioning right and and to the benefit of well you know i need this now for me to make sure that this can get to you yeah and i and i was reminded of because you brought up well in that verse it talked about like flock right and kind of just like i thought about that that parallel of you know god being the shepherd and us being his, his flock and then i also was thinking about how i just love the example or really the imagery of like, you know, what the Bible talks about, God is our father, right? He's our Abba, he's our father, and we are his children. And I'm just thinking about situations with my dad, like he, like as my dad, he provided for me. He was never, he was never, his intention was never to take anything from me. Like even when I got a job, it was never about like, you know, taking my money, that was my money to keep, whatever the case may be. But I'm really just thinking about situations where, 
I'm thinking about you remember back when we were younger and our parents would like take our phones from us like at right. like nine o'clock or something like that. <laughs> and I remember I used to be so mad about stuff like that or even even just like our mom doing little stuff like like trying to make us eat healthy and like take us to like stuff like that. I would be like, bro, like I just felt like y'all trying to take stuff from me. Like, why can't I just have my phone past this time? Like, why is it that deep? And it's like looking back on it in hindsight, it was for our best interests, right? Like he, our dad and our mom, they were never taking our phones just to make us angry or make us upset. Or they didn't need our phones; they had their own phones. They didn't need our phone. They didn't, they didn't need our need phone. The reason they took it us. is because, in hindsight, bro, if I had my phone past a certain time, I probably wasn't doing. I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing, right? So it was for my best interest at the time. It felt like they was taken from me, but no, they were really just giving me, right? They were giving me kind of like a like a like an escape, and I like you know what I mean. They were they were guarding me. They were keeping me safe. Um, and in the same, that same vein, like making space for like a, a better environment that I wasn't doing something I shouldn't have been doing. So I think even in that same vein, I just love that example too. Just practically speaking, like, you know, kind of, kind of bringing that in. It, it was never just to do it. They didn't need our phones and it wasn't to make us mad. It was for our best interest. All right. Yeah. No, that's it right there. Like the same idea holds, you know, like God doesn't need anything from us right there's nothing that we can do for him to love us more nor nothing that we can give him he doesn't already have right so like so why give anything to a god who has everything and why would a god who has everything ask us for anything it's because of love Mm. that's it that's it it's love the Mm. love he has for us our future the purpose he sees in us the plan that he knows is ahead and the love that we have for him, the sacrifice that he made for us, everything that he's done and he is going to do, it's love. It's love. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, y'all know what it is. Stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. Much love.